And I, I just thought about it. I'm like, you know, I have changed so much over like the past year because like I'm not in a rush all the time. And that's like one of the biggest lessons that he's taught me so far is just to like be in the moment. Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Mackenzie about navigating the identity shift into motherhood and more specifically what that looks like as a working mom. Hello, and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I'm so happy to have you here and ready to get started with what you have for us today. So how about you go ahead and introduce yourself and um, let us know a little bit about you? Sure. So my name is Mackenzie Tortoise. I am a mom of one. Um, Chase is 15 months old, losing count. Um <laughs> And my husband, I live in Baltimore with my husband, Dalton. Um, and I know Sarah through a, a mutual fitness uh, group that we have together. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we have definitely connected a lot. And I love seeing like what you're doing and everything. And, you know, I'd love to just hear your experience becoming a mom and what that was like for you. And just, you know, give our listeners like a little insight, like if they just became a mom or, you know, like they're, they're going to be a mom or they're thinking about being a mom and, you know, just a viewpoint from you of, of, you know, what they can experience or how it was like for you. Sure. So, um, when you, when I saw you kind of start this podcast and, you know, I listened to a lot of other podcasts, I was thinking, kind of what I could bring to the table in, in a different experience. And I think one of the things that I experienced that is different from a, from a lot of the like shiny and rainbow stories is that that's not necessarily how I felt in becoming a mom at first. Um, and I don't, not only was it like probably some postpartum depression, but also I think a lot of it was the resistance to my mindset of being like a workaholic and a, um, you know, I, I always want to be achieving something. I can't slow down. Um, I'm a type three on the Enneagram, which is literally the achiever. Um, so everything in my mind kind of revolves around that. And as I think back, it even started before I became a mom, because in the back of my mind, I said, you know, when is the right time? Like I was in a supervisor role a couple of years ago. I was like, I can't, I can't leave my team. You know, what, what's going to happen if I leave for three months because nobody was prepared for, to take on that role. And it was kind of funny because I actually started looking for a new job. And when I started my new job, we had been trying to have a baby for about a year but it wasn't like we weren't really worried yet, but we were kind of like, oh, this is a little bit stressful. And then 
I started my new job and within three months of my new job, I got pregnant. And it's funny because I feel like I was so stressed out. And then with this new job, I was so less stressed out. It, I guess like they say that you, your body won't like mentally prepare you for having a baby. Like you almost like can't conceive if you're too stressed out. And I feel like that totally happened. Um, but then like going back to, I had just started this new job and I was, this sounds so stupid, but like I was scared to tell my boss because like I'm brand new and it's just, a, you know, it's a new situation. And then when I told them, so I have two supervisors and they are just like the nicest people ever. They were so excited throughout everything. You know, it was the opposite of my worries. Like they were so supportive. My boss actually was the one that drove me to the hospital when my water broke. (laughs) You can see like I was always being hesitant about it because I was like, you know, work like that is my main thing. And I worked all the way up till 38 weeks and I was planning on taking two weeks off before, but then my water broke at work. So you can see just like the trends of this obsession with work. I had carpal tunnel in both of my hands for probably the last three or four months of pregnancy, but I was still going to work every day. I was still typing every day, which is horrible for a carpal tunnel. And I just thought, you know, this is, this is normal. This is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and I, I don't know, it worries me like next time, like, well, would I take off more time, but then can I afford to take off more time? So then fast forward, you know, you go from a hundred miles an hour working 40 hours a week. And then, um, I know you had a C-section as well. So I had an emergency C-section So not only having this little baby, but literally being on the couch, like immobile for six weeks was just this bewildering moment for me. I was like, you know, who am I? Like, what is, is this my life now? Like, what, what is this? And I was just like, so torn and so upset. And meanwhile, I was feeling guilty because everyone says, you know, enjoy this time enjoy the moment and our baby was chase was super colicky like had to be held every second of the day and I was just like I don't get it like what am I missing (laughs) so then on top of that you know feeling like a prisoner in my own house and then at six weeks old um the pandemic happened and we went into lockdown (laughs) so it was you know, one thing on top of another. And I just kept feeling guilty. Like, why do I feel this way? I knew it was like, not wrong. But like, I knew there was conflict in my own mind. And so I was I knew that I couldn't do all the things that I wanted to do. Like, obviously, my job in that time was to take care of the baby. So I what I did, and this is such a type three thing to do is I would make a to do list, but it would be all things like, tummy time or like you know make sure the baby eats x amount of times and I would literally check it off like I had it on the whiteboard and then the last thing on the list was like do something for myself once a day (laughs) that was like the struggle part of it yeah I mean I think that's huge I think you know I also working full-time didn't know like what to do 
And, you know, it's like that moment of like, when do you tell your employer? How do you tell your employer? What are they going to think about you? Like, you know, it's like so many crazy things that we kind of like put on ourselves and we think about without like really even doing it. Like, you know, like like I remember being like only a few months into my new job too. And I, I had known I was pregnant when I had gotten hired. But I didn't tell them because I was like, well, what if they don't hire me because I'm pregnant? Thinking that was going to be like something that would determine, you know, they're they're picking me. But like, that's not something that they're allowed to do or would have done. And yeah, but I feel like, you know, even though it's it's like anything you don't it's these subconscious things that people do that's what I think luckily I had had a little bit of time and it sounds like you did too to like kind of establish yourself um and let it be known but but isn't that crazy that we have right like it's crazy that we even have to be like oh well I gotta make sure that I'm established and that like I look like a good employee because like I'm gonna be a mother and I need to take time off like being like that focused in work and like that, like, you know, level of like workaholic and just like not being like, oh, I'm going to have a baby. And yes, I'm going to take time off and that's going to be okay. And then like having that shift of slowing down on maternity leave and going from, you know, working full time. So did Chase come early? You said that you were going to take two weeks off. Yeah, he came two weeks early. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was even Rosie came a whole week early too. And so like we were joking that Friday kind of, oh, you look like you're ready to pop. And I was like, like I was leaving on Friday and they're like, oh, are you going to the hospital? And I was like, no, like I'm going home. Like I'm going to be back on Monday. Like no worries. And sure enough, she was born on that Monday. I went into labor on Sunday and then, and then she was born the following day. And it was just kind of like, how is this? Like, I was even scared to kind of like text my boss, like on Monday, like that I wasn't going to be going into work. Here I am like holding a baby. (laughs) And I was like, well, I guess we have to tell them like, how is this? How is this going to work? And then yeah, it's crazy. And like, because I had a cesarean, I was allowed to have the eight weeks off versus like, six weeks. Even that, like, didn't seem like enough time. Yeah, I mean, they, so probably similar situation. Like, I didn't get any of the benefits of because I was new to my job, um, so I don't, I didn't qualify for anything. Luckily, because it was a C-section, I was able to get short-term disability. But if I didn't have a C-section, I wouldn't have gotten anything. That's just nuts. It's insane. <laughs> like, it really is. And like, I've talked to other moms that like literally went back a a week, two weeks after they had their baby. And I'm like, how? And like, maybe they did it remotely or like, maybe they did it from like, you know, from home and things like that. And so like, they were able to like, start doing some work, like still like holding their baby and stuff. But like, that's time that we're supposed to be like resting and recovering. And especially after you had major surgery, that time should be like allowed off. And I feel like there's just such a like stigma against. Like... Yeah, if they changed the narrative about it, then like, I think everyone would change how they think about it, right? So like, if it's if it's not 
like, oh, you're taking 12 weeks off versus whatever. (laughs) I mean, I was totally ready to go back, but I, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's weird. And the other thing was during when I was pregnant, I had someone say to me, you know, you're going to be that person that is just like a super, like, you're going to be the person that gets everything done despite being pregnant. I was like the opposite of that person. Because I was like, so immobile. And just like, you know, I, so you know, I have the side business doing calligraphy. And so as soon as I got carpal tunnel, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything extra, because I was already typing all day, like I basically had to just freeze everything and say, sorry, I can't do anything. And, but that's like my stress relief. So it wasn't, yeah, it was, it was tough. I'm like, okay, well, is everyone thinking that I'm supposed to be this person? And, you know, now I'm just like being this blob. (laughs) Right. And yeah. And like, you know, like your body's going through all these changes and like things are physically happening. Like I remember just like waddling everywhere and having a hard time just moving around in general. And like, I was lucky that I could, like, I had a desk job that I could just kind of sit there. But, you know, like, women that have manual jobs are just, you know, like moving around a lot and on their feet. I don't know, like yeah. how you fun and like, I can't imagine. right. And we're literally working up until like the day that we have the baby. Yeah. Well, so somebody, I think it was, somebody said to one of my coworkers sometime, one time they said um, something about pregnancy leave and they meant to say maternity leave and she responded and she was like, we should have pregnancy leave <laughs> because that's like, it's just crazy. Like even now I'm like, I don't know. I feel like that's just the norm is working up, like working as long as you can possibly stand it. Yeah. And like acting like there's nothing different and that like your body isn't, isn't going through all of these changes and you're superwoman and and you can manage to get everything done and Or that you, every time after you eat your lunch, you're, like, getting kicked in the stomach. (laughs) I remember, like, every afternoon at the same time, it would be, like, he was just, like, dancing around. Yeah, yeah. I was a big, like, belly rubber. I was constantly, like, rubbing my belly when Rosie was in there. And, like, somebody had said, like, you're going to burn a hole through your shirt because you rub your belly so much. And, like, I feel like I did it because I was, like, this is a baby in here. Like, this isn't like just excess fat or anything. Like I wanted to make it so obvious that like it was a baby. And like, I also just loved like, you know, connecting with her and being there. But there were some times, yeah, that I was sitting there and I was so distracted by how hard she was kicking that I just couldn't even focus on anything. Yeah. So, and now like, I I know I told you yesterday, like I'm transitioning of going back to the office a couple of days a week. So now it's this whole other, like figuring out a new schedule. And like, I feel very privileged that I haven't had to figure this out yet. But just the fact that this is the way everyone is living that, you know, if you have a kid, you have this crazy schedule of like, you get up, you get the kid ready. And there's like to get the kid ready, there's all of these things that you don't think about. And then to get eight hours of the day in and, and be back to pick up your kid is just 
it feels impossible, but everyone is doing it. So <laughs> it's just crazy. So I, I mean, I was excited to go back to work and like have something to do. I, I honestly feel like I am not the person that would ever be a stay at home mom. <laughs> just like my mindset. I like to like engage my brain with a lot of things. Um, but that being said, like over the past year I've really questioned like what does that mean like I don't like why do we work 40 hours a week where did that come from like who decided that you know however billion people in the United States like why is it 40 hours a week yeah (laughs) it just like baffles me yeah I was really you know excited to like have a a purpose other than just being Rosie's mom. And like, that was what, like, I enjoyed going back to work and like being around adults and kind of getting out of the house and, and doing more things with other people. And yeah, using my brain, like other than like, oh, when's the last time she ate or things like that. So like, I feel like I really enjoyed going back. But like, I don't know if I was ready to be separated from her all at the same time. So it was like this constant struggle of like, I want it to be with her, but I want it to like have my own thing and and what I want it to do. And so like, yeah, that was definitely hard. And like you said, like the 40 hours and, and just to think like, plus I was pumping. So I was actually like working longer to allocate for the time that I was pumping and such. And then you know, just not being able, I would actually go over and see her at lunch. um, Because she was right across the street from my work. But other than that, like, I didn't see her for a long stretch of time. You know, like, what was that like for you, like leaving Chase for the first time and being like, away from him for that long period of time? Yeah, so we actually, it's kind of different than we planned, because it was the middle of the pandemic. But he actually went to stay with my mom for like up until six months. So I think that was a lot easier because, you know, she sends us pictures. Like she takes thousands of pictures a day. <laughs> That's not even an exaggeration. So um, it was definitely easier that it was her um, rather than just like go drop him off somewhere. That was super weird. The first time we dropped him off at daycare and just thinking about like, he was, I guess he was about six months old. And, you know, just like imagine what they are feeling like you're literally dropping off this baby to a stranger, like they don't know any of these people. And he's almost to the point where he doesn't do it every day. But up until a couple weeks ago, he would still cry every single time we dropped him off a daycare. <laughs> and he's fine after the fact, but it just like breaks your heart a little bit. Yeah. And like, you know, again, back to like, you're all worried, like, I can't be late for work. So like, you know, like, oh, what do I do? Like, my baby's crying. And if I stay here for 10 minutes, like, I'm going to be late for work. But if I don't stay here for 10 minutes, like, my baby's going to be crying. And that breaks your heart. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday, when I was at the office, I was like, you know, what time do I have to leave to be there? Because our daycare is really close to our house. But my work is um, like 30 minutes away. And I'm like, well, is there traffic? And, you know, and then I have to sign on later to make up the hour of time. <laughs> just like this whole thing that I, I just don't get it. I guess we'll, we'll figure it out eventually. Yeah. And I don't know, like how it was like for you. But like, for me before, 
Rosie, like if we had a project that we needed to work on or like I needed to work late hours, like that was perfectly fine. Like I'd stay at work a little bit later, but then yeah, with her daycare closing, it was like, okay, it's, it's 545. Like I need to get out of here so I can go pick her up before six and like make sure that, you know, she's, she's leaving the daycare on time. And I'm not like that mom that like, is always late picking up her kid. Yeah, I was telling you that I was telling you that he's always the one that's picked up like the latest and dropped off the earliest and I started feeling guilty. I'm like, I don't you know, that's the only way we can make it work. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it is like that like, you know, like feeling of of guilt initially. Like you're like, oh like I feel bad. Like they're still here. But like you said, like that is you know, what you have to do to be able to like, be working full time and, and both parents be working full time. Yeah. And I did, I, I had a coworker that, you know, before she actually had a baby about a year before I did, and it was her second baby. So I kind of experienced from her, like, you know, she did have to leave at, I think it was like four, four thirty every day. Um, but I think it's just something like, it's just not something that people talk about. Like, you know, we knew that she had to leave as her team, but like, if somebody else sees her leaving, like, I know that there's certain people that like frown upon that. Right. And like, why is that? Like, why is it like, you know, or, you know, as they get older and stuff, like I'm even starting to think like, you know, baseball practice or a game or something like that. I want to be able to go and see her do those things. Like I want to be able to take her if there's like a field trip, like I want to be able to take off work and like go do those things. And like, I think I am like positioning myself to have like more of a flexible uh, work schedule. And like now I'm like in a position like working at home. and, And so like I get to see her and then like you know, eventually when she does go to school, I'll be able to see her like go off to the school bus and come home and, and things like that. And like, as mommy finishes work, like she's doing her homework or, or something along those lines. But it's crazy, like how your priority shifts. And like, you know, again, that identity of like, who am I now that I have a child? Yeah, because you I mean, you start to realize you at this age, you really don't have any extra time. Like, you know, I have my, my side hustle and I have found it very difficult to make any time for that. Um, especially the last couple of weeks, like I've had to work a lot of overtime for my job and like that alone is just super exhausting, but also like I'm not doing anything for myself. Um, one thing I wanted to mention that, that really helps my husband and I, and I heard it, I think I read it in a book so it said that as a couple like as parents you should set aside four hours for each parent each week so like I get four hours to myself to do whatever I want and he gets four hours to himself to do whatever he wants so like on the weekend we try to do that to just you know have our own time because you really can't get that during the week you by the time you put him to bed and finish your work you're like exhausted yeah that's a really good like habit to kind of form and like like I think it is important to like you know be able to like communicate with your partner and say like hey look like I'm gonna take these few hours to do this and like you're allowed to have these few hours to do that and I feel like a lot of the times 
Jeff and I will do those things when Rosie goes to bed. Like we put her down to bed and we kind of like split ways. So from like seven, eight o'clock until like nine, we'll kind of like he goes like works out or like I'll go like in here and, and work on some stuff for the podcast or like, you know, like I'll go do a workout or, or something like that. And I think like giving yourself that like designated time to be able to do things is like so huge. Yeah. The other thing that we do is we split on the weekends. On Saturdays, I get up and on Sundays, he gets up and then we switch like who gets to sleep. Nice. Yeah, that's a good compromise. Like That way we know like we have that one day a week because Chase. So the other thing with this whole crazy schedule is that During the week, since we're dropping him off at daycare in the morning, like in order to get him ready and out the door, we essentially have to wake him up at 5.30. And, you know, if you're waking him up at 5.30 during the whole week, he's probably going to wake up at 5.30 on Saturday and Sunday. (laughs) So I, for the longest time, I was trying to figure out how we could make that work differently. But it just, I don't. I don't know how it would work. Yeah. So when does he go to bed? He goes to bed at seven. Okay. Like seven. Yeah. Yeah. And then he gets up. He's he's an awesome sleeper. That is like the one thing that, you know, it's like he was a very colicky baby, like cried his head off, like hated life basically for the first three months, but he's been a good sleeper so I'm terrified if we have another one that they'll be like the worst (laughs) (laughs) what kinds of things did you guys do like when he was colicky like what was that like for you Um, and so we actually well so going back to this the sleep thing one of the things that we did which is like very atypical is that we asked the doctor at four weeks if, if we could put him in his own room because he just like hated the bassinet. So with the with the colic stuff, we literally tried everything. Um, and I my theory is still that it was like the traumatic birth that caused it. Because um, I read, I was just trying to figure out like what you know what is going on, and I think it was really just like the rushed emergency C section and like the amount of medication that I was given and um that that could be a whole nother thing but we uh, the one thing eventually and I don't know if this was just the timing but the one thing that I did eventually do was cut out dairy our doctor was like oh that's probably not gonna work blah 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 and I'm like well I'm gonna try it anyway because nothing else worked and it actually did work and I don't know if it was because developmentally like it was around three months and that's like when he grew out of it, but I went off of dairy for like six months, I think. Um, and then we transitioned him back. So like he has dairy now, um, he's back on regular food, but that was interesting. (laughs) But I mean, it was fine. It just like transitioning to a new diet of anything is hard at first because you're used to eating certain things. Um, but it wasn't that bad once I got used to it. Um, and obviously it was worth it. <laughs> so you have to go like two weeks in order to see if it's actually effective because that's how long it takes, like the minimum amount of time it takes to um, clear out of his system. 
So, but yeah, we, it was just, it was like so exhausting and like, you know, my husband and I are getting frustrated with each other and like yelling at each other, like occasionally yelling at the baby. And then we're like, who are we? Like, who does this to a baby? <laughs> um, it was just, yeah, it was really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot more people are definitely starting to, I guess, like talk about those hard times. And I think like, you know, it's like case by case scenario though and like yeah not everybody is gonna have like those specific things happen but like those things do happen and I think you know like when we're expecting like you were saying sunshine and rainbows and stuff and then like you're like struggling with a colicky baby it's like you know you get through that mindset of kind of like it's not supposed to be like this like why is this happening and then you know somebody that's like used to like working on things and and fixing things and stuff and like, you know, being in that role. Yeah, like, I would always want to, you know, put him down, like, okay, how quickly can I get him to go to sleep? Because then I can go to X, Y, and Z. Like, I I know there was a shift at some point, and I, like, can't pinpoint when it was, but there was a shift at one point where I realized that I just needed to be more empathetic with him and try to understand, like, why he's upset and almost like melt into the moment and like not try to resist whatever emotions that he was having. So like if he's upset, like acknowledge that and, and, um, not like even like tensing up your body, you know, if you're holding them and you feel really upset with them, like they can feel that. So that's one thing that has really helped me and it's completely opposite of like that, you know, got to get stuff done mindset, because it's like really relaxing. And just letting whatever happens happens. Um, like the other night, we went on vacation for four days. And that was his first time away from us. And the first night when he came back, I think he was like, kind of scared to go to sleep so I just like laid outside of his crib and like had my hand inside of his crib (laughs) and I I just thought about it I'm like you know I have changed so much over like the past year because like I'm not in a rush all the time and that's like one of the biggest lessons that he's taught me so far is just to like be in the moment and and not worry about everything else that needs to get done um it's not it doesn't always work out obviously it's you know it's hard to quiet the noise but I think it's helped me even with the pandemic like having us to have something to focus on besides the pandemic has been really like the silver lining yeah what are some things that you think helped with kind of you know like slowing down um it's just a process so I actually I think I told you about this book, but there is this amazing book that I recommend everyone reads, every new mom. It's called The Hands-Free Mama. Have you read that one? No. Oh my gosh. So I don't know why it's not like a New York Times bestseller because it's amazing. It's basically like about literally what you just said. It's like about kind of like enjoying the moment and not like reacting I don't even know how to describe it. It's just, 
You should make it your next book club. Yeah. Yeah. I think like I have definitely found like, you know, like finding more experiences and hearing like more people's stories is like super helpful for me because like we're able to then see like somebody else who has like been through this, worked through it and like found a way that works for them. And I think like then knowing that that's kind of possible, I think like really opens up like a whole new mindset of like that mentality of of people saying like oh this is this is how it is and and like this is like what you're stuck with or like even like how you were saying your doctor was kind of like I don't know if that's gonna work you know like why not try like just try it and like you know how you said like give it that two weeks if you're not seeing any progress then like go back to what you were doing but like why would you not at least try something if it could potentially benefit you yeah so I will say some of the things that I do now that probably are part of this like slowing down process is so when I sign off so like when I sign off for the day from work at like five o'clock a lot of or I would say about half the time, I don't always do it, but I'll actually leave my phone in the office downstairs until he goes to bed because then I'm not tempted. Like even like I'll get the text messages on my watch so I can, I'll know if somebody's calling me, but that way I'm not like, cause I instinctively always grab my phone and always I'm like, Oh, I need to Google this random thing that I thought about five days ago. Like why? And It's just, it's honestly like, it's being mindful. So like, if you're, if you're at the park, like not being on your phone and like watching your kid, like trying to see the world through their eyes almost. And like the, the amount of wonder that is in a kid's eyes is just like, like when is the last time you or I have felt that sense of wonder and it's just crazy to to try to imagine like what they're going through or like just like the sheer joy of laughing. Um, but it takes slowing down to appreciate those things. Um, and slowing down is the opposite of, of what I'm used to doing. So yeah, I think it's pretty awesome that like, you know, our kids almost give us that permission to be able to go back to that sense of wonder and like, you know, watch all those Disney movies or play on the playground and do those things that like you, you didn't necessarily do before kids. And I think that's like such an awesome gift that like we get to be able to go back to our childhood because of our children. Yeah, it's like you see everything through new eyes. There was there was something we were doing. Oh, even like we've been going hiking more and we got like a little backpack carrier for him and he loves it. Like he's like grabbing the trees and just like everything is new to him. It's just like everything is so amazing, like going to the zoo or just it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. What other advice would you give to a new mom who's like going through it? I don't know. I feel like they're like find someone story who who that you can relate to because there's going to be so many stories out there that 
although, you know, they might have struggled or they might have had a perfect motherhood, if it's not relatable to you, you're, you're probably going to fall into that, like, comparison trap. Um, so for me, that was kind of that book that I was talking about and, like, finding a space that, you know, if there's, like, unfollow people, don't follow people that <laughs> on social media that make you feel like you're being a bad mom or that, like, dress up all their kids in fancy outfits and, like, that's not what you do. <laughs> um, I think it is, it's becoming a, a lot better, though. I've seen a lot of people sharing, like, the raw motherhood. Um, so it is really awesome that this is kind of the time that we're becoming moms and that I was saying to you, like, this should be the next, like, uh, upheaval. You know, we've had the pandemic, we've had the Black Lives Matter, you know, there's like the sexual assault, like, there's all of these things. We're like, all right, parents are next. Like, we need to fix this. Yeah. And I also wonder, I'm like, was this all just oblivious to me because I wasn't a parent before? Like, have people been talking about it? And I just didn't know. And now that I'm a parent, like now I'm digging into all this thing, all these things. But like, I really feel like it should be conversations that we're had. Like, if you're thinking about becoming a parent, if you're pregnant, like start getting in that mindset of like what it's going to be like when your child is here. Like I think a lot of people focus on the birth and that's great. That's wonderful. Like, you know, you should have like a birth that you want, but you and I both know that that's uncontrollable and like, it's not something that we can always have that like dream vision of. I was going to say, I think it's hard for me um, I feel like it's hard to give advice because the advice that I want to give is like, it's not pretty, right? It's not like everything's going to be perfect. And, and when you're at a baby shower or your friend is having a baby, like you want this to be a good time for them. But, but I feel like we need to shift it to like, yes, it's going to be great and, and magical, but there's also, you need to know all of this other stuff. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to scare you, but like, it's really hard. And, and that's all people say is it's really hard. Like they, that's the extent of what they say. And I think the conversation of like, well, like, what does that mean? Like, what, how does my day actually work when I have a two-year-old and I have to go to work? Like, these are things that people don't talk about and you don't experience them until you're like, well, crap, like, how does this work? <laughs> no one has told you. Yeah. And like you said, you know, like when you're at that baby shower, that like happy moment, like you don't want to talk about like those bad things. You want them to like be happy and, and ready for like this magical moment. And that very well might be the case for them. Like, you know, th th things might be fine and they might have that perfect birth that they want. But I think just like also illuminating on those like dark moments and like what postpartum can be like for other mamas and, and things that can happen and colicky babies and sleepless nights and, you know, like whether you nurse or not and the guilt that you're going to feel and the expectations that are all going to come and, you know, I think it's like important to kind of just bring that to light. 
But like also, yeah, you don't want to, it's kind of like to a child, like you don't want to be like, life is rough and like all these things are going to happen. You don't want to like ruin that, that happy, like blissful pregnancy stage. But it's also like, oh my gosh, like, why didn't anybody tell me this? Like once you get there and it's like, well, nobody told you because like they wanted you to be like happy. And I think it's just like learning to find the ways to like talk about things without being like, you know, all doomsday on. I was going to say the one thing that was super helpful for me was being a part of the mom's group at my hospital So they would meet once a week. And for the six weeks before the lockdown, um, I went, I think I went twice because like I wasn't able to go anywhere for four weeks. But even going like those two times and like all of those people are new moms and they have like a moderator. But, you know, you you wanted to know it before, but it was really helpful because there was moms that like, just like me, like their baby was born a day before mine. Or there was moms who their babies were like three or six months old. So you could see the, like, everyone would kind of voice their concerns and ask recommendations, but you could kind of see some of the things coming. But of course, when it moved online, it started to fall apart. Um, Hopefully, once we're past the next couple of months, everything will start to be in person again. But that, for me, was like one of the most helpful things is like, Knowing there's people just like me suffering the same thing. Like, I remember the first time I went, I'm like, this is my first time out with just me and the baby. And they're like, yay. (laughs) You know, they're like your people (laughs) because they understand. Yeah. And I definitely think finding moms that are like super close to where you are in like postpartum stage. Like I think that there's a lot different between three months postpartum and a year postpartum. So like that mom that's like been doing it for a year has like a lot more of a rhythm and and in the flow of things. Like things might be like different. There's like a whole different stage going on developmentally. Like their kid might be walking and things like that. And like you're just working on tummy time, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I think like being able to like see yourself where you're at, like, okay, I'm at month one. There's no way my kid's going to be like talking and walking. And like, there's no way that I am going to be able to like be in the mental space of like getting everything put together. Like you're just starting out, like, just like your baby is growing and progressing, like, so are you, you're stepping into that role as as being a mother. And like, you have to see yourself like where you are at on your personal journey, and not like get ahead of yourself of like, well, why can't I be waking up early and, and having everything done and, and being on this like amazing schedule. And it's like, because you're here. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely it changed like month to month, week to week, because it's like, you know, what can I handle now? Like as he progresses, like what can I handle? Like, you know, when you get that six week, okay, to work out, like, can you actually do it? Like, when can you do it? Like, I was able to do it during my during my husband's lunch break, because he was working from home it's always a new stage, um, something new to figure out. And I feel like every stage I'm like, uh, why didn't no one tell me this? (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think like you said, like, you know, like just being able to focus on like, what can I handle now? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like make that little to-do list, like you said, (laughs) and just kind of like give yourself like little things that are practical that like are going to make you feel like you're accomplishing something that day. Even if it is something as simple as make sure the baby's fed this number of times, you know, like find a schedule that's going to work for you that day and be okay with like where you are in your own personal journey. And I think that's like what I want like new moms to understand. And like, you know, I try to like go back to that time period of what it was like initially starting. It's hard. Yeah. And just like seeing like how much progression there is. And even just that, like I documented a lot of like Rosie's progress, but also like my own progress, like you know, just being able to, you know, even after a cesarean, like being able to sleep, like laying down without being propped up, like that was a huge accomplishment. Like being able to laugh without it hurting, like being able to feel confident enough that like my abdomen wasn't going to rip in half. Like, being able to like real wear, un- wear real underwear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, like, when you stop bleeding, like when, you know, because like, I nursed. And so like, I didn't get my period regularly until I think it was like seven months or so. And it was kind of like one of those things like I was like, well, when will it come back? Does it come back? Like, I heard a lot of people say that, you know, like, oh, you won't get your period back until like, you're done breastfeeding. And I had gotten it at around like, seven months postpartum. And I was like, I'm still breastfeeding. What does this mean? And so then it's just like all those weird questions that you start Googling and and trying to figure out, like, is this right? Is this normal? And you're not going to doctor appointments anymore. And like, you're not having that like person to check in with. But yeah, it was just like so many things that were kind of like going on and like little tiny steps. And I think just like being able to like, track that progression is is yeah I think being able to celebrate like how far you've come Mm -hmm. is really like what I've been thinking about like you know it was really super hard but like think about how much I've grown in in the last year and a half yeah you know what are you doing with your your side business and the calligraphy and everything like how has that transitioned from like when you became a mom yeah so well just to like give a little synopsis of what it is so I do calligraphy and hand lettering and I sell like mugs and prints Um, I used to do wedding calligraphy, like wedding signage is actually kind of where I started. Um, But one of the shifts in knowing, you know, that I was going to have this new life of being a mom and having less time is I've shifted to more like digital products and things that don't physically take up my time. And then one of the things that I started, I guess it was like January of this year, as I was kind of struggling myself with um like self-care and self-love and like this journey is having I started these affirmation cards so they're like self-love affirmation cards that are 
like a little four by six card that come with a stand and they just have different quotes on them that were hand lettered by me. And you can either have them on the stand or like, you know, stick them on your mirror, stick them on your workstation. Um, And for me, like everything I do for my side business is kind of like therapy for me because I enjoy doing it. But I also noticed like how many people were struggling over the past year and trying to really embrace that like um, mental health awareness, kind of like everything we've been talking about, but like not just for moms, um, like bringing that to light. So that's where it's at right now. I haven't been able to do anything the past couple of weeks because of work, but <laughs> it's I, I do have um, weddings are picking back up and I do still do a little bit of wedding stuff. So I, I mean, I enjoy doing it. It's just I have to be careful about like what I commit to because I, you know, I can't be doing it while Chase is awake basically. So Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine like Rosie kind of getting into all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I like doing it and I'll, I'll definitely keep doing it and I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's great. And I think like you said, like, it's very therapeutic and like finding that outlet, you know, especially as a mom to kind of like give you something that's for yourself, that's helping you, but also like seeing the impact of how it's helping other people. And it's like something uniquely to your, your own self. And um, I think it's like, it's good to have like, that passion. Yeah, I was gonna say I really like, um, like, even with you, like connecting with other people who are having like these small businesses on the side, like really kind of lights my fire to see other people doing it. So one thing that I actually started doing earlier this year is getting into like branding and logo design for other small businesses. So I actually just did one for a podcast. Um, one of my friends has a podcast and I did like a whole branding logo design for her. And so that's another thing, like I do it on my computer. I don't have to have like physical things in front of me. So I don't know. It might shift to more of that in the future. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, if you want to leave uh, any information on how we can connect with you or like if you if you want people to reach out to you or or how that would work. Yeah. So the best place to find me is on Instagram. That's like the main social media that I use. And my handle is at balanced with a D on the end letters. And I'm on Facebook, too, but I don't use Facebook that much. <laughs> But yeah, you'll see all the calligraphy stuff. And I I just have one Instagram. So it's like my personal and my business is in the same. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on and sharing a little bit about yourself and and what it's been like as, as you've entered motherhood. Yeah. Well, this wraps up yet another episode of Entering Motherhood. I hope that you have found this episode helpful. And if you liked it, please share it with others who might also benefit from this information. If there's anything that you'd like to know more about, or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show, please visit my website, enteringmotherhood.com. I'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience. 
You can also now find us on Instagram and Facebook at Entering Motherhood.